It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day welcome to the may 8th episode of the locked on thunder podcast i am your gracious and humble host eric g i want to thank you for making me a part of your day coming up on this podcast we get joined by our friends at locked on hornets with a little bit of coaching news and locked on pistons who also has some coaching news and with that we'll do both those like around segment three And I will give you my thoughts on what the Thunder should do if they ever get rid of Billy Donovan. Directions I'd kind of like to see the Oklahoma City Thunder go. And I will make a promise to you in segment number three. But you got to wait till segment three in order to hear that. In segment number one, we're going to talk about athlete immortality. Ultimately, what makes an athlete immortal? And do Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook have some things figured out that Maybe we don't have quite figured out as fans. And then in segment number two, and I know this is a little weird way to to set all this up today, but coming up in segment number two, we'll talk about if the Oklahoma City Thunder remain together, how quickly they can sneak up on the Golden State Warriors. My name's Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City here for a while. I've done a lot of Thunder post games. I'm a credentialed member of the media. You can hear some of my work. Or you actually can hear all my work at LockedOnThunder.com because our podcasts are archived there. Plus we have video and audio from coaches and players with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I would love to hear your feedback. And you can always get me at G-E-E-H-S-O. That is the Twitter handle. And don't forget to go to LockedOnThunder.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's talk about athlete immortality. Was listening to a local talk show host today in Houston, of all places, and he brings up something that is very cliche for all of us to say, and that's the only thing that re- NBA and really sports now, because of the way their package is, stands for college football, is the postseason. And for players, the only thing that really matters, especially if you're of the caliber that Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, And yes, I'll include Carmelo there because he was a superstar in the NBA for quite some time, even if he's not now. Paul George, it's not just about winning the ring. Winning the ring is great and it can add to your resume, but ultimately it's about immortality. It's about you, the fan, telling your kids how awesome this guy was. It's about walking into an arena that you played or a stadium that you used to play and your jersey's either hanging from the banners or your statue's outside 
or at worst, you've got a picture somewhere in that arena where your accomplishments are acknowledged. And having worked with guys that played in the NFL and the NBA, one of them used to always say to me, the thing I'm most afraid of is, is that no one will remember me. And it used to bother him when he'd have to reintroduce himself and tell everyone who he was and and what he did. And guys just don't like going through that. So what ultimately brings immortality to an athlete? Well, it can be done several different ways. There, Unfortunately, there's no blueprint. There's no 100% criteria that says that if you accomplish all these things, you become immortal. As much as I love Robert Ory, and if I could have had just about anybody's career in the NBA, it would have been Robert Ory's because he played on a lot of teams. He won a champ. He won multiple championships, multiple, multiple championships, and he's got some incredible stories to tell. I would not have wanted to stay with one organization my entire life because I'm not built that way. I would want to move around and get to know as many people as possible and then eventually, okay, and this is a little bit sarcastic, but ah, what the hell, profit off that by writing a very good book. For Carmelo Anthony, what immortality is, is not only winning a championship, but constantly being able to produce. And I was thinking about this as I was reading Jenny Carlson's column today at News OK about Carmelo Anthony going to China. And ultimately, I can see Carmelo Anthony doing that. And we've been talking about some crazy ideas or not so crazy ideas about what could happen with the Thunder. Yeah, I could see Carmelo going to China. One, I think he would like living there. He just strikes me as the type of guy that could go live in different places in the world and fit in just fine. I think he would be greatly appreciated in China and he would love what the fan he would give back to the fans they would give to him. But I don't think Carmelo Anthony wants to be drummed out of the NBA so soon. And you could tell that when he decided to let us know how he was feeling during his exit interview. So for Carmelo Anthony, whether he stays with the Oklahoma City Thunder this year or not, this season, in his mind, and I bet you a million dollars on this, is that he feels that he's got to stay in the NBA at least one more season. It ha- He has to sort of prove to himself that he just cannot do it here anymore. So if he goes to the Sacramento Kings or the Atlanta Hawks or any number of these organizations that would be willing to take him on if the Thunder bought him out, if he could just sell a few tickets and make some sort of a a difference, I think he'd be okay with his season. But if he realizes there, then, and it wasn't Oklahoma City in the role, but just that his skills are diminishing then maybe he goes to China. And speaking of his skills diminishing, and where Carmelo Anthony may or may not end up here in the next year, is it so nuts for us to think that Carmelo Anthony couldn't be successful away from the Thunder? A lot of other guys have done it. Carmelo Anthony could find himself into that pattern and do not think for one second that isn't crossing his mind as he's deciding what he wants to do. And as maybe you're trying to push him out the door, think about all the other guys that have left Oklahoma City and been fantastic. And speaking of immortality, Russell Westbrook is certainly an immortal right now. Um, There's really nothing Russell Westbrook can do 
for the rest of his career that wouldn't make him immortal. Even when we see Westbrook deteriorate, and he's going to deteriorate. And it's not going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. In fact, it will be downright painful to watch when it happens to Russell Westbrook. We're still going to remember everything that he's done. And another thing that makes these athletes more immortal than when you and I grew up with them is we have YouTube. And with YouTube, you just pass that down to the through the generations. And as long as highlights are on demand, whether it's at that particular website or it's at NBA and kids can can go through your your body, your spirit, all that tends to live on. And, and as far as the championship goes and how much it adds to somebody's status, has a championship really added to a guy like Norris Cole? I mean, do you think any do you, do you think of any better of Norris Cole because he won a championship with the Heat than what you do right now? And you may think of Kurt Rambis a little bit differently because of what he did with the Lakers. But normally when we think of Rambis, we don't think of Kurt Rambis as anything but a guy that wore short shorts and had a really thick pair of glasses, despite the fact that he could be a nasty player on the court. But achieving immortality, that is what is most important to any athlete once they step on the court. In any way they can get it, they will take it. Just remember, that's all they want to do is be remembered. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up in segment number two, we will hear from the good folks at Locked on Hornets. They've got a brand new coach. It's somebody out of the West, the Western Conference. If you don't know who it is, you'll find out next here on Locked on Thunder. This is Jake from Locked on. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. The Charlotte Hornets have a brand new head coach, and to tell you more about that, here are our friends from Locked On Hornets. I'm Walker Mail of the Locked On Hornets podcast. The Charlotte Hornets now have selected James Borrego as their new head coach. Again, this is coming after the Hornets had finalized a couple of head coaching candidates in the Spurs assistant James Borrego and the Celtics assistant Jay Laranega. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski just reporting that James Borrego would be the new head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Borrego comes in having had 10 years of experience under Greg Popovich, did serve a short stint with the Orlando Magic under Jacques Vaughn, eventually taking over for him when he was let go by the Magic and accumulating a 10-20 and 20 record as the interim head coach. Of course, Scott Skiles comes in with Orlando to become the new head coach. 
and Borrego goes back to the San Antonio Spurs to serve under Greg Popovich. Also served under Monty Williams for a brief stint with the New Orleans then Hornets. Um, Monty Williams, of course, coming also from that Greg Popovich tree. So James Borrego has a little bit of head coaching experience as the interim head coach with Orlando, but also a ton of experience under what a lot of people consider to be the best coach in today's NBA and maybe of all time and Greg Popovich. So Borrego now replaces Steve Clifford, who was fired at the end of this regular season as Mitch Kupchak, the new general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, came in and decided Steve Clifford's fate. Mitch Kupchak again served a long time with the Los Angeles Lakers, about 20 years, and he is at the helm now of the Charlotte Hornets decision-making as the general manager who now brings in James Borrego. A couple of other questions to go on with the Charlotte Hornets as what their future may look like. You do have Kimba Walker, who was rumored in some trade consideration really before the trade deadline. They held on to him then. It does not mean that he is a surefire thing to stay on this Charlotte Hornets roster. So who knows what Mitch Kupchak decides to do there. You do have, of course, Dwight Howard, who is a guy that is a big man down low that is kind of losing some value in today's NBA, but still carries a hefty contract. You wonder what kind of trading, what kind of trading partners the Charlotte Hornets could see there. There's a lot of questions for the Charlotte Hornets team, but one that is no longer a question. They did find the answer, at least of now. And that is James Borrego, the San Antonio Spurs, former assistant, now the Charlotte Hornets' new head coach. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Walker Mail on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Congratulations to James Borrego. Good luck working for Michael Jordan. And hopefully the Charlotte Hornets can get back to prominence sometime soon. And if you want more on that story, the best place to get it is lockedonsports.com where you can find the locked on hornets podcast let's talk a little bit about the playoffs now i haven't been watching fully confessed that yesterday i don't feel guilty about it and tonight the rockets and the warriors will end their series and they will meet in what is ultimately the predestined western conference championship i think we all knew that sometime back in november even if even if we were living in a bit of denial about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We just knew it was going to be Rockets and Warriors and what these last two series have hammered home. And I think yesterday I said what the GSW showing showing us and what the Jazz are showing us. I mean, I guess that's true, but I meant to say Rockets. But what they have shown us in these last two series is just how far apart they are from everybody else in the Western Conference. Sam Presti talked about how he thinks the Thunder can be next year if everybody comes back. I guess the last thing I'd add, um, just with respect to, um, you know, next season and, and, and the way we feel about that, um, you know, the opportunity to potentially have uh, Westbrook, Paul George, and Steven Adams, all three of those players in their prime years with playoff experience and the fit of those guys, both um, as competitors, but also as players, is extremely, extremely exciting for us. Um, that's that's what I think every team in the league is working towards, is to find players, uh, two-way players, that have size for their positions um, and that uh, have accumulated postseason experience and that are in their prime. So that's that's number one. That, that for us, is an extraordinarily unique opportunity, uh, especially coming off of you know where we've been. Uh, I also think that we look at the team and we see, you know, the addition of Andre. Uh, we're not imagining or uh, creating in our mind what the team might look like with Dre. 
Um, we, we know what that looks like. Uh, we know the impact that he's had. We have uh, a decent amount of data that tells us that, both from our eyes and also, you know, uh, objectively. And we're excited about that. I also think there's a lot of room and growth for Abrinas. Uh, there's a lot of room and growth for Patterson. I think he's a guy that we can certainly um, get more from, and, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's something we have to look to uh, going forward. Uh, and then Ferguson, I think, showed us some glimpses, and we think he's a really nice young player and the type of player that over time we've had success developing. Jeremy Grant, you guys will be you know, asking me about him, but we, we take a lot of pride in his development, the fact that when we got him from Philadelphia, he wasn't playing. Uh, and Jeremy's such a great kid, the way he put the work in, and um, you know, he's progressed a little bit uh, at a time, and now he's become a, a pretty effective backup five for us. Um, with some unique skills. Really excited if we're able to bring him back to the team. Um, but the continuity of the team is probably going to be our best friend given the fact that historically these teams, um, you know, generally in year one are, if you're fortunate, they're pretty good. A lot of that very wishful thinking, not only on Sam Presti's part, but, but our part as well, because we would love nothing more than the Oklahoma City Thunder to get Paul George back. Jeremy Grant agree to come back and Maybe Carmelo Anthony will take a bench roll or will, or will agree to reduce minutes. So let's live in fantasy world for a second because, quite frankly, I don't want to come out into the stark reality of the Oklahoma City Thunder being exactly where they were 12 months ago with just Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and that team basically fighting it out for fifth or sixth in the Western Conference. Let's say everybody comes back. I honestly, and I'm not telling you this because I want to shovel... Uh, poop on your shoes or build it up so high that you, that you can't see or you say that I'm a homer. I honestly be believe that of all the teams in the Western Conference, and this includes that Jazz team that has a dynamic player like Donovan Mitchell, that the Thunder are built, truly built, to take on the Golden State Warriors. And in a seven-game series, it's only the Thunder and the Rockets that keep Golden State up at night. I really believe that, especially if you bring back Paul George, Golden State gets a little worried. Because what's going to happen in this series with the Rockets is Golden State is ultimately going to win. Of course, let me remind you as I'm saying this, and you're getting a good chuckle out of it, I'm also the same guy that thought the Toronto Raptors, and you can go back, like, because we're, like, I'm tweeting out some of the older podcasts because... I want to give you a chance to listen to those. Yeah, I truly believed that the Toronto Raptors would beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. So just remember, as I say, that Golden State is a lock to beat the Rockets. I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to predictions. But I honestly, but but for, for take this, so take this for whatever it's worth, the grain of salt, whatever. That the Rockets push Golden State, it goes six, it goes seven. But ultimately, with guys like Draymond Green, and Pachulia, as I mentioned yesterday, and Draymond finally being the Kevin Durant whisperer that he is, it's just too much for the Rockets to overcome this year. And the Rockets are playing by old school NBA rules where they're not going to get by Golden State this year, probably not next year, but the year after that they'll be poised. But hopefully the Rockets don't get a shot to take down GSW. It's Oklahoma City that gets a shot to take down GSW because if Oklahoma City comes back with another year of seasoning, 
They are really at no worse talent-wise than third best in the West. Yes, stop me if you've heard all this before. And certainly next year. I really honestly believe next year he is, next year is a next year is the year for Oklahoma City if it all comes together. And with a year together and a year's worth of seasoning, this will be a lot better team that can legitimately contend for a Western Conference championship. Is that enough? Hope for today. It's summer. It's bright outside. Everybody deserves hope. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Coming up next, we hear from the folks at Locked On Pistons about their coaching change. And I'm going to go, I think, outside the box on where I think the Thunder should go in case Billy Donovan gets booted. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Earlier in the podcast, we heard from the folks at Locked on Hornets about their coaching change. We now go to our friends at Locked on Pistons about what's going on in Detroit. Hey, this is Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons. But after a month, it finally happened. Stan Van Gundy was fired Monday by the Pistons as coach and president of basketball operations with a rather strange press release by the team where Tom Gores, the owner, and Stan Van Gundy, uh, he said Tom Gores the, that Stan wanted to return. Quote, Stan is a competitor and he wanted to finish the job, Gores said. Not quite sure exactly why Gores needs to be pointing that out. I don't know if that's a dig at Stan Van Gundy or if that's trying to uh, make him look better. It was a strange way of putting that. After four years, with one year remaining on his contract, uh, Stan will not be coming back. Van Gundy's four years featured a rapid ascent to the playoffs in year two after taking over a franchise stuck in the mud. But the last two were obviously disappointing seasons, hindered by reckless free agent misses and draft night head scratchers, most notably taking Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell last summer. Uh, as Mitchell began to, it looks like a star starring career that he's going to have with the Utah Jazz, and that one spelled the end of the Stan Van Gundy era. We may never know what happened in the days of California meetings between Gores and Van Gundy that dragged out recently, and why did they drag out so long is the biggest question probably on Pistons fans right now uh, on the minds. But Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that last week that Gores wanted Stan Van Gundy to stay on as coach but retool the front office structure. But... They weren't able to reach that agreement, nor were they reached, able to get into any extension that Stan Van Gundy was likely pining for with only one year left in his deal. So Dan will collect $7 million and probably have his pick of television jobs as he's a engaging and compelling personality in front of the microphones. All told, it'll probably be better for him uh, as a, than a lame duck year under a new boss that didn't, didn't hire him. So 
The Pistons joined the coach in executive searches nearly a month after their season ended. Again, why did that take so long? Names like Steve Clifford, Mike Budenholzer, or former Piston Jerry Stackhouse figure to be tossed around in terms of coaching candidates, although this job certainly ranks below division rival Milwaukee in the pecking order of openings. And you can draw your own conclusions as fans and and coaches out there about where the Pistons fall in terms of some of these other ones, like the Charlottes or maybe the rebuilding teams such as Atlanta that still have openings as well. Uh, Woj of ESPN also reported that uh, former Arn Talon client Brent Berry could be involved in the new front office as well. Former Pistons star Chauncey Billups was also attached to the team uh, team's front office in a report from Mark Stein of the New York Times earlier this year in January as potentially part of the revamped front office for the Pistons and his former team. The team will move forward with the potentially awkward and injury-prone core of Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond with little salary cap flexibility and almost assuredly no first-round pick next month. But if there's one thing we can guess about Gores, a Malibu resident who has gravitated more to his glitzy life in California than his Michigan background, it's that he's probably going to want to make a splash. Based on the, his bidding of Van Gundy away from the Warriors four years ago and his at least approval of the Griffin trade this year, he'll be hoping to make that big splash and get the Pistons out there and in a winning position, and especially in the newspapers and on Twitter uh, right away and hopefully back in the playoffs as quickly as this year. And we will see how that works out for the Detroit Pistons down the road, again, who have fired Stan Van Gundy as coach and president of basketball operations. This is Matt Shook for Lockdown Pistons. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry to see Stan Van Gundy go. I hate it when that guy gets fired. Of all the retreads that come up time and time again whenever there is a coaching change in the NBA, he's the only one I get excited about. I just love having Stan Van Gundy in the association. And you know how this is going to work out for Stan, and I'll admit I'm a little jealous of him being in the business that I'm in. But I, I honestly think that Stan Van Gundy will end up either on ESPN or NBA TV, and he he's dynamite at that. But I want him in the association forever because it's just more fun when Stan Van Gundy's around. So sorry to see him go. I think that Pistons job's a pretty good job. They've got some talent there, and eventually someone will be able to win. If in the event that Billy Donovan does get let go by the Oklahoma City Thunder, um. I am. I make this vow to you. I, I won't mention Stan Van Gundy because, like I said, he's the only one that I, I get excited about. I will try not to go down the retread road when talking about coaches to get and to bring um, into the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. Like, you won't hear uh, the initials MJ come up for me because I just don't... One, I don't think he is a good fit here in Oklahoma City as long as Sam Presti... Uh, is the GM, but also been there, done that. You know, let, let somebody else hire him. Let, let somebody else, let's, if you're the Thunder, not that I, look, I like where the Milwaukee Bucks are going with this whole interviewing Becky Hammond thing, and, and I really want to see her get a shot at being an NBA coach or a head coach somewhere, and not of a women's basketball program and not in the WNBA I would love to, I, the NBA is a progressive league where eventually a woman is going to be a head coach. I hope she's the first. She's already won a summer league championship, but you've heard me say that a million times. I don't know. I'd like to see the Thunder maybe go back into the college ranks 
and keep going into the college ranks because I think what Billy Donovan's proven and certainly what Brad Stevens is proving is that you don't have to be a seasoned NBA pro to meld with players and know how to be a great manager of personalities. I think both of these guys have proven that time and time again. Um, Quinn Snyder is proving it. Of course, Quinn Snyder's a guy that paid his dues. He had to go down and start in the D-League with the San Antonio Spurs, work his way up as assistant in in L.A. and an assistant in Atlanta. So he learned that way. Um, Kelvin Sampson. I'm not even kidding about that. Yeah, I can hear the boos from OU fans. I think Kelvin Sampson would do all right in the NBA. And I know everybody's getting this middle image of what is a Kelvin Sampson offense going to look like in the association. It's not so much about that. Kelvin Sampson could hire people who run the X's and O's part of it. Kelvin Sampson just needs to manage personalities. And look, he's been in the NBA a while. Certainly a guy that's earned his shot. But you know what, Kelvin Sampson? Yeah, let's get you back in the NBA. Finally, we wrap this up as LeBron is moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Ennis Canner's sort of recruiting him. Or maybe with Ennis, it's trolling him about becoming the king of New York. <sighs> Not that I wouldn't want to see LeBron James and Ennis Canner on the same team because there's there, there's something that's funny about that. I really just want Ennis Canner back in Oklahoma City. And he was here hanging around the legislature, was hanging out with the mayor. He was rooting on Stephen Adams. You know what? Let's just let Stephen Adams speak about Ennis Canner right now. Now, honestly, it's good that he actually, um, it's good that he came out. I mean, all the boys were happy to see him. Um, yeah, but, you know, his short spurts with him, you know, short spurts. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Adams, because he's from New Zealand, and we believe that everybody in New Zealand just speaks differently than, than we do here in America, can get away with using that term, the boys. If Carmelo Anthony did it, if Russell Westbrook did it, we'd be giving them such a hard time seeing that they sounded like Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio when when they play. Go back and watch some of those interviews on YouTube. Well, the boys are really great. The boys are really flying out there. The boys are really hitting the ball hard. Yeah, that's sort of what it came across like that to me. And by the way, tip of my hat to uh, 19 Twitter reporters guy. That wraps up today's Locked on Thunder podcast. We will be back tomorrow. So until then, remember ELE, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.